All right, uh, we're going to have Ms. Twyla to, first of all, give uh, her testimony, uh, or at least a chance for rebuttal uh, <laughs> with everything else that has been said. So we're, we're setting up for the Q&A, and Brother Ron is saying, here, put her on that side, you know, far <laughs> away. So anyways, we're off to a great start. So, Ms. Twyla, we, we're glad uh, for you to give your testimony, and then we're just going to go right into some Q&A, some good questions here. I'm not sure that we'll be able to get through all of them, but we'll, we'll do our very best. Okay, Ms. Twyla. Um, okay, my name is Twyla Jones. I'm married to Ron, and my life verse is Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. <laughs> Seriously, um, I am Twyla Jones, and Ron Jones is my husband. There's no medication for him. We've tried everything. It only makes it worse. So... <laughs> Um, I was born into a truck driver's home in, uh, D in Denver City, Texas, and while my parents were Christians and they did take us to church, my dad, for some reason, um, whatever, started drinking very heavily in the mid-60s. And so one thing led to another. We moved around a lot, and we ended up, and he got, because of his drinking and his smoking lifestyle, which he had started smoking when he was nine years old, um, we ended up in California, and um, I ended. I got involved in a with a friend in a independent uh, Baptist church in Oxnard, California, and I made a profession of faith when I was 12. But um, the Lord, I I always say to myself that the Lord did rescue me from a uh, an abusive home. Um, at times. My, when my dad wasn't drinking, he was the nicest man on earth. If you want to know what he looked like, Stephen looks a lot like him, if you know our son Stephen. Um, he was kind of not very tall, but he was the kindest man that um, you could ever meet. But when he did drink, he was quite abusive. So the Lord rescued me, and I went to off, I graduated high school in 77 and went off to Bible college in, 1980, in 1977 and graduated there in 1981. And, um, and I got saved while I was at Bible college, <laughs> and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. The Lord saved my soul. I, didn't, I wasn't listening to him very closely, but he did. Say, I asked him into my heart on December 10th, 1978, and he did save my soul. And in, I graduated in, in May of uh, 81, and I met Ron in June of 81 at, no kidding, Vacation Bible School. He and his cousin were hopping down the hall collecting all the... Uh, envelopes for attendance and all that and I wanted to meet his cousin but in order to do that I had to you know I had to, his he had to come <laughs> and so I, I ended up I ended up with him <laughs> it's the greatest thing I've ever done honestly <laughs> 1982 December 17th 1982 uh, the Lord blessed us with two children uh, Rachel and Stephen and, uh, and God, and I can just say that God is good. And I want you to know that God is good because he's always and only good. He cannot be anything else. Everything he does is good. Um, my dad did stop drinking um, in, in, the, in 1979, around there. He passed away in 1986. And I, I was very thankful for the time that he and my mom had when he wasn't drinking and all that. But we um, moved around a lot, as uh, my husband's already told you. He, he was running from God, doing this and doing that. And then um, finally in 1992, I think 92, Brother Sam Davison came to the church we were at in Springfield, Missouri, preached a revival, and my husband just laid it all on the altar and, um, and gave his life completely over to the Lord. And in September of 92 or 93, we 
uh, ended up at Bible Baptist Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I have to say that I was not really prepared to be in the ministry. I did not grow up in the ministry. And for those of you who are in Bible college, it helps you, but it does not prepare you for the ministry. God does that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And so um, Miss Nancy wasn't really, she was, I was, she was good to me and I loved her, but I didn't really have anybody to kind of just, you know, help me along. Like people are always looking, especially women, I need somebody to be my accountability partner. Okay, I'm going to help you with something. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, because I didn't have anybody. And so um, I just determined I was hearing all this really good preaching and I knew it was right. And I knew the Bible was right. And, and my husband was just making great strides in the ministry. And I'm just in the background going, what in the world is going on? And so um, I, I read the Bible, but I also read um, a Bible study that got me deeper into the Bible. And um, and I learned then that the Bible study didn't change my life, but the Word of God did. And from, then, from that point on, I made it, a, I had been reading the Bible through every year, but I made it a point to read the Bible through every year and to do um, different Bible studies and make sure, and I never do one that doesn't put the Bible first. And I'd never do one that does more talking or reading. You do more reading than you do more Bible. Because the book won't change your life, but the Bible will. Amen. And, um, and so from that point on, God began to really do a work in my heart about being um, the right kind of wife. He says that I always was. I'm not so sure that I wasn't going, well, if he weren't such a knockhead, I should have listened to his mother. But she's the reason why I married him, because I wanted a good mother-in-law. And so, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> and so, no. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, the Lord really began to work in my heart about that, and, and when, you know, life began to move along. Uh, we moved to Oregon in 1997. He went out there to help his dad plant a church and moved uh, to Kansas in 2000, where uh, he was the music director and head of children's ministries, and then in 2003, he became the pastor of Temple Baptist Church. Now, I have to say that when he, uh, we were walking across the parking lot from the house where we lived to the church and he was telling me that the pastor was going to resign and you know he got had been dealing with him about being a pastor <laughs> I said really what are you gonna do you don't like people <laughs> at all <laughs> we're in big trouble here <laughs> so, anyway um that no, in November 2nd 2003 the Ch Temple Baptist Church called my husband to be pastor and it's been an amazing journey. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of good things that happened and have happened. There are a lot of bad things that have happened and will probably continue to happen, good and bad. And the only thing that sustains us from day to day is the Word of God. Amen. I heard uh, Rush Limbaugh say years ago, it's the truth, learn it, love it, live it. And so that's my battle cry. Every time I speak, I use it. It's the word of God. Learn it, love it, and live it. And don't tell me, well, I've tried it. No, you haven't. It's not something you try. It is not something you try. You don't try the word of God. You learn it, and you love it, and you live it. And if you do that with the right heart and the right heart attitude, God will bless you. The Holy Spirit will guide you, and he will direct you. And you don't, while books are really good, don't, don't get me wrong. I read a lot of books. But books will help you, but the word of God will change you. And what we need is a radical change in the way we think. He doesn't think like a woman. 
Thank God. He didn't raise our son to think like a woman. He thinks like a man. I don't think like a man. I don't get him most days. I'm going, I don't know what he's doing. But God does. And I don't say that flippantly. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I learned early that I'm not the Holy Spirit in his life. The Holy, he has the Holy Spirit already dwelling in him. I need to love him and get out of the way and submit to, 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 the, to the Lord and to him and get out of the way and let God do what he's going to do. If I'm going like this all the time, or however he does it, wah, 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 um, he's not listening to a word I say. But he can't help but listen to the Holy Spirit. And it will encourage him and influence him more if I'm walking in the word and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I wasn't raised to, to do that so much. My mother was very... Uh, submissive to my dad, and she, she followed him a lot of places and did a lot of things. But the Word of God is what taught me how to do that, and it's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God that continues to help me do that. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but it really doesn't get easier as you get older. Okay? I mean, old age brings its own set of, older age brings its own set of problems, you know? Um, you could take care of the grandkids. This was so much easier 30 years ago. I mean, you know, no, nanny can't get down there because she can't get back up. <laughs> so, but here's what I know. God is good. And I read just um, a few months ago a quote by Elizabeth Elliot, a close and fretful inquiry into how spiritual things work is an exercise in futility. Just say this, show me, Lord, what you want me to do, and I will do it. And don't bother wasting your time to figure out if it's going to work. Just obey God. The best thing I know to tell you is learn it, love it, and live it, and just obey God. And he will, he will do for you amazing things above that which you could ask or think. That's a promise. Don't hit her with it. That's right. <laughs> uh, that was a blessing. That was a blessing and great help. Really do appreciate that, Miss Twyla. You know, she seems so normal, too, you know, to be married to Brother Ron. It's amazing. All right, let's get started on some of these questions here. Uh, first of all, are, and this is, uh, some of them are, uh, you know, directed to both and some to one or the other. Um, this is to both. Are husbands obligated to do chores around the house? I thought that was a great question to start off with, so... I actually have a, a real live true story that just happened to me uh, not uh, three weeks ago. I was upstairs after a meal and uh, I try to be helpful around the house, just try, you know, occasionally. If you do one thing, you can always brag about it later. And so I, uh, well, I did that one thing. Come on, you're right. So uh, I saw that the dishwasher was full, and I love doing dishes with the dishwasher because you just squirt stuff in there and close it. And, and so we were up there, and I put some things in there. I thought, oh, this is full. My mom's standing at the sink. Uh, we live with them. They live upstairs. We live downstairs. We care for them. Uh, they're 79, so uh, we're caring for them. We love it. We have no problems with them. They're godly people, and it's great. So um, I thought, I'll, you know, I'll start the dishwasher. So I, I, I put the stuff in, and my mom goes, I think Twyla's doing the laundry, and we just don't do all of it at once, because if you, know, you want to use the water anywhere in the house, there's no water pressure after you have two things sucking water out of the pipes. <laughs> Who knew? And so I started the, 
dishwasher and I went downstairs and sure enough, Twyla's doing laundry. And I walked in there and she just put something in the washing machine and started it. And I said, oh, uh, you're doing laundry. And she said, well, I told you I was going to. And I went, oh, <laughs> well, I just started the dishwasher without missing a beat. There was no pause. She said, Ron, you do your job and I'll do my job. <laughs> and I just started laughing. She said, I clean, I do dishes, I do, you wash cars, you mow, you shovel snow. Get it? Got it? Good. <laughs> So I threw the keys on the counter and said, fine, you drive! <laughs> so no, men are not required to do chores. That's good. Amen. <laughs> you want to add anything to that, Ms. Twyler? Twyler, would you like to add, add anything? that alone. <laughs> um, men can do chores. They what? just need to check with their wives what they're doing. <laughs> There you go. That's good. That's good. They do need to check with their wives uh, what Submit, they're doing. Submit, woman. I know, right? Um, it, it's, a, it's a give and take. I, I tell young women all the time, yeah, he, he should help you. Yes, that's true. But let's think about this. Do you really want him to? Um, if you care about, about where, where you can find anything, you probably should think about it. But no, I, I think it's, you know, Mary, we're believers. We should love one another, comfort one another, edify one another. And so he does help around the house. He, he is a really good help around the house. Always has been. He can cook. And he can clean up after himself. And that's very... So if you can't cook and you can't clean up for yourself, don't do that. You know, <laughs> Jeff Abels did that, and he made Robin mad. So, you know, y'all be careful. But just, you know, be, be wise. That's right. Right? Be careful. That's good. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's been... A blessing to get to know you all even better this weekend. It's obvious you have a good friendship. So, what uh, someone's asking, what what do you do to maintain a good a good friendship as husband and wife couple? She always <laughs> lets me speak first, and that's wise. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, so we like each other. Uh, it's amazing to me, especially with younger men today. They have no idea how to be a friend of in a girl or a boy or anybody. I mean, I know that some of you work with young people and they're saying, I just don't know whether to talk to her or not. What if she wants to marry me? How about you just practice being a friend to someone? And that's what we did when we first met. She actually did want to meet my cousin. She told me that right up front. I didn't really, she was a good cook. I'm just gonna tell you, we went over to their house for her house for dinner. She cooked. I said, who made this meal? She said, I did. I went, wow, that's really, really good. I was training to be a chef at the time and it was very, very good. I thought, wow, she's got, you know, she's got chops and stuff. And so I wasn't thinking about a wife. I wasn't thinking about, you know, much because I very rarely think about anything, but, <laughs> but we did, we ended up just being friends. We talked and we still do. We talk about everything. And I'm not talking about just problems. I'm talking about uh, she does not sit down and watch a movie with me. She can't because two minutes in, she's like. <laughs> uh, so we don't talk much about movies, but we do talk about the word of God. And I think it's important that you just feel no pressure. You don't have to be a husband. All you have to be is a friend. 
You should never be friends with your children, but you should be friends with your wife or your husband. That's good. Yeah, I think that I think that's that's right. We do. We just um, keep the communication lines open. If something, you know, we. We, we don't really like the same things. He likes to golf, and I don't see the purpose in golf. I like to shop, and he doesn't. I don't see the purpose in it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At all. Uh, but, no, you know, we, we find a way to get, we just find a way to get past that. He, you know, if he's going to go golfing, I go, well, fine. Yeah, we'll have a good time chasing, trying to find that little ball and <laughs> getting it in that little hole. That's good for you. <laughs> I do. Honey, I got a birdie. <laughs> I, I, I try Why to didn't be you bring excited. it home so we could eat it? Right. No, I know what they are. Oh, okay. I, try to be, I try to be excited about you know, what he's doing and, and interested in what he's doing. Um, he, the children, I think it's important to maintain friendship and don't let the children or the grandchildren become more important than one another. Mm, As a wife good. and a mother, the, the children are, need to be in their place. I, I don't know that I'm Rachel's friend now or if I ever will be. But I do know this, um, I'm her mother, always and for, first and foremost her mother. But before that, I'm his wife. Mm -hmm. And so they cannot come between me and him. And we, he knows right. that, and I know that. And so that enables us to maintain a, a friendship and a, just a, I don't know, a working relationship, um, a partnership, or whatever you want to call it, that, um, that has a, the foundation of the word of God and the commonality is there. Even if we disagree about something, we always agree on the word of God and we always go back to that. And if I'm in disagreement with them, I just go, well, hey, just go ahead. Let's see how this works out, you know, and sometimes he'll rethink it and sometimes he doesn't, but that doesn't affect. That's your cue right there. That's right. That doesn't affect, that doesn't affect who he is for me or who I am for him. Excellent. Very good. Okay, Ms. Twyla, this one's uh, directed to you. How do you learn what your husband needs slash wants without annoying him with a lot of questions? <laughs> My husband hates to be asked questions. Um, I know um, you have to ask questions. I, I tell the church secretary that all the time. You just have to ask him. Well, he gets so... I, I go, I know. Just let that go and ask him the question. He'll want... He'll, you'll want to do what he says, trust me. So um, you, you, have to just, um, you, you have to just be courageous enough to annoy them, okay? Mm. We were married several years before I, didn't, before I knew that he hates peas and carrots. I kept putting carrots in the roast because that's, you know, you put the roast together, you put potato, I put potatoes, carrots, onions, whatever in it. He hates cooked carrots. He says that, they, that the taste and the smell just permeate every part of the dish, and so he won't eat them. So he finally told me that, and I'm going, well, why didn't you tell me? I didn't know that, you know. And when you first get married, you don't know a whole lot about each other. I mean, you think you do. Oh, I love this person. He's just the greatest person in the world. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he leaves his belt in the middle of the floor, and you step on the buckle with the little sticking out thing, like in your, in your foot, and you're going, do you know how to hang up anything? Were you raised in a barn? I mean, come on. I know your mom. I don't think so. Uh, so I, th I think you have to be courageous enough. Um, you married him. Why are you afraid to ask him questions? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, here, and here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to think. You married a sinner. There isn't anything else to marry, okay, because we're all sinners. Sinners <laughs> saved by grace, That's yes. Good. But he also married a sinner. And you married a man, uh, if you're a woman, and if you're a woman, you <laughs> if you marry a man, you're a woman. So... 
you don't think alike. No matter how much you think you love each other, you don't think alike. So you're going to have to get to ask the Lord to give you courage. And if he gets mad, then you need to pray for him. <laughs> Why is he so mad all the time? Maybe he's got, maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe he's sick. Maybe he has uh, an allergy to something. You know, I don't know. Um, things go on all the time. But, but don't, don't discount the power of prayer mm. in your life. Mm. And then just say, I'm asking you because I really want to when, when I cook something, I really want for you to like it. If you don't like it, you just need to tell me. I won't get mad, I promise. And then don't get mad. Don't get mad about the peas and the carrots. And don't serve them if he doesn't like them. Amen. Rachel had never had carrots and roast when she came to Heartland. Deidre Stecksneider made her roast. She goes, I can't eat that. Well, I don't like them. Well, have you tried it? No. We'll try it. And she liked it. So when he's out of town and we're all home, we have roast with carrots. <laughs> Amen. There you go. You've got a lot of issues, Brother Ron. That's for sure. <laughs> No medication. No medication will touch it. That's awesome. Hi, my name's Ron. I have a lot of issues. (laughs) I don't like carrots. (laughs) Good carrots. Okay, uh, Brother Ron, this one's to you. So um, my my spouse feels prayer is private and won't, you know, pray it together at the home and and such. But what can I do to encourage uh, this? So uh, this is a common question because when a a man wants to lead his wife, uh, I'm assuming that this is a man, but he wasn't brave enough to say. Um, But when a man wants to lead his wife, they think, well, man, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. She should just fall right in line and do it. And and it can be the same for a woman. I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and they should see that I'm trying to do it. And so they expect, there's that expectation, I expect them to follow. Well, if, if you, this is a man asking the question, let me just say this. If you're praying, it will be obvious that you become a man that prays. Because you'll also be reading your Bible, and you'll start living a life that gives direction to you that is different than other men and friends that you have. So the first question I would ask is, are you a man of prayer? Twyla and I pray together. Uh, we always pray before we leave. We always pray. You know, we'll have moments of prayer together. We pray at prayer meetings together. We pray in front of our grandchildren. But we pray more alone than we do together. Hmm. So it's important that you understand as a man or a woman, you're building a relationship with God. You can't do anything about their relationship. Hmm. And if you'll continue, there will be a difference. I know this. What made the difference for Twyla when we were in Stillwater was it was life-changing for me. Mm. I was hearing the word. I was doing the word. I was leaving her behind. I was. Brother McCracken said to me one day, you know, the fact of the matter is you're living your life and you're way out here spiritually. Your job as a husband is to bring her along. Mm. And he explained to me, that doesn't mean you go tell her. It means that you show her. Mm -hmm. And so many men think, well, I just started. If you weren't a man of prayer, you can't expect, because she's seen you try stuff before. Mm -hmm. Isn't that, that's foreboding, isn't it? (laughs) She's looking for change. She's looking for real. Women respond to that. They do. Every woman I know responds to it. They want real you got to be real. Yeah. The problem is we do it because, well, I'm trying to follow the Bible. No, no, no. You do it because you're trying to follow God. Yeah, that's a good point. And let God yeah. do the dealing. That's good. 
Mr. Twyla, what, what would you add to that? What if it's a spouse? Because I, you know, I, I think it's pretty common that the wife does want to pray together and that the man doesn't maybe feel comfortable with it. You know, I, I, you know, I, I feel that even with Angie at times. I don't, I, that sounds weird. Your pastor doesn't like to pray. <laughs> Anyways, Thanks for uh, that question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Huh. But you know what? What Sad. if you have the wife? You know, wants him to pray. Is what would you say there? I mean, well, I have actually had to answer this question for several women, and the first thing I tell them is, "You, why don't you just pray for him mm. until yeah. he starts praying for you, praying with you? Right. Why don't you pray for yeah. him? Because you know, this really prayer is intensely intimate and personal communication mm. with God, mm-hmm. and um, you." You know, you don't just say, you know, Lord, here we are. Take care of us. Bless us. You know. God bless us and bind us to our hands behind us. Throw us over the fence so the devil can't find us. You know, that's not. That's That's not what it is. But, <laughs> humorous though it may be, but the fact, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, when they when they come to me with this, I want my husband to do this. I want my husband to do this because I know he should. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the thing you need to understand. God knows he should, and God knows how to get him to do it. Right. So why don't you pray for him mm-hmm. that he will see it, and then while you're praying for him, why don't you pray for yourself that God will enable you to be the influence that uh, Peter talks about in, in 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. that your right. chaste conversation, your, your life that you're living and the way you're talking and acting toward him encourages him and influences him. Number one, he may not even be saved. Only mm. God knows that. Mm. Number two, if he is saved and he's not walking with God, everything that you do in your walk for God is going to make him mad because you, you're doing it and you're so holy, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're praying for him, you'll be less concerned about what he's doing. And that, and really, isn't that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? I'm not, resp- I will not, when I stand before Christ, I will not answer for him. That's good. I will answer, answer for me. Yeah. And trust me, I got enough to answer for. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. You are not within pinching distance. Come here. And so I would, I just encourage, I just encourage you, pray for him. Pray for, pray for your husband. He needs it. He needs it. Pray for him. It's good. Helpful. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> over. Amen. I do what he says because. Amen. That's good. That's great. Mic drop right there. That's good. <laughs> he's OCD, so we just make it easy. Yeah, I like it. Easier to tear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So, um, I sprinkled a few just uh, lighter-hearted ones in there and then think they'd run away, but anyways, there we go. Um, so, you know, last night, I, I, I didn't quite pick up on it, but someone did that. That was a while that you all, before you were able to have children. Can, can you speak to that? Because I know there are couples here that want to have kids, are not able to at this point in time. They're hoping, you know, so what was that like for you all, and what would you say to these couples here today? Uh, so we start off like most couples do, uh, and should I think uh, advisably to at least have some time without children so that you can get to know each other. We weren't counseled that way. Our counseling was when we walked up to the altar, the preacher that did our deal 
Salome put on the wedding ring to the engagement ring, and he said, that's going to have to be fixed. It's slipping all around right there during our wedding. And so <laughs> that was Dr. Cavan. It was quite humorous. And so, um, but, uh, so, you know, we kind of were both doing jobs and had things going on in our lives, and we weren't by any means uh, at that time doing anything uh, pursuing money or whatever, but or careers, but we were kind of get our our feet, and so we had decided that we didn't want children. And then I didn't know uh, that Twyla really wanted to have children, and so so I said, well, let's you know, it was a little bit sooner than than you know a couple of years, and so we we attempted and did the necessary things, and um, uh, it did it just it didn't happen. And, and, and we've talked about this quite a bit. It's quite possible that she even miscarried and we didn't know because in those days there weren't tests and mm. you, you didn't see all ladies are finding out about this super early now. And so there's a little bit more emotion put into it and I'm not against it. I'm not, please don't you know, mistake that. It just wasn't that way for us. It wasn't, it truly was if the rabbit dies, then you're going to have a baby. That's really in essence what it was and so we weren't aware now when we look back I go oh you know that's probably exactly what happened there and um and then and so we weren't real intent but the more that we tried it just didn't seem like anything was happening and so it became a bit emotional uh for both of us and uh more for her obviously um and then you know, I'll just tell you what happened. We just, we just said, well, I guess the Lord's in charge because that's what the Bible says, so we'll just whatever. And I know that seems flippant, but that is exactly the agreement we came to. And we'll, you know, we'll adopt if we have to. That's what we had agreed to. And then it wasn't too long, and, and she got pregnant with Rachel. So, and, and then forever life has changed, and we reconsidered our, our decision. And so <laughs> well, that's great. I'm just saying. Ms. Wiley, anything you want to um, say to that? I, it, it was pretty emotional for me at the, at the beginning. But on the other hand, I didn't have a lot of social media. You know, everybody's getting pregnant, you know, all doing all this. So I didn't, I didn't live vicariously through other people or, or about other people. Um, and I think that's a big, that's a big danger. You know, here's, here's, what I, here's what I know and what I've learned. And I know it's easy for me to say it because I've lived through it. And whoever you are, you're living through it now. And I, I don't take away from the difficulty of it and the emotional, you know, process of it. But what I do know is that God is in charge of life and death. Right. And God is in charge of who has a baby and who doesn't. Who loses a baby and who doesn't. He's in charge of all that. He's in charge of COVID. He's in charge of all that. Mm. And um, so but right, right before Rachel, right before we found out we, we were pregnant with Rachel, um, it, just, I, it, it just occurred to me after, you know, I wasn't that spiritual in, in those days, but I did know enough about the Bible to know that, that God does what he does. And when he's ready, we will have a child. And when he's ready for us to have a child. He knew what was going on in my husband's heart. And he knew what was going on in me. And so when we found out that, you know, we were going to have the baby, we were, we were very excited about it. And, you know, and it, it was an answer to prayer. And we were, we were thankful for it. But I have to, as I've, you know, considered it later and talked to women who are struggling with it, what if he hadn't? Mm. 
Is he still good? Mm. Yes. And so whether you're, you know, whether you practice birth control or whether you don't, God's in charge. Let it, let him be God and he will do what only he can do in his time and in his way. Because honestly, uh, Stephen came along quite quickly after Rachel. It was, you know, boom, boom with them. They're a little less than 17 months apart and that's close enough. I know some have closer, but that was close enough for me, especially with Rachel, you know, just, just saying she's busy, but, um, she's reaping what she sowed though. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I would just say, trust, trust God. And you know, if you're, if you're struggling as to the women, if you're struggling, just find, a, find an outlet for that. Mm. Find a way to be a blessing to someone who has children, who's maybe got, what, three under three? <laughs> Somebody's having to be three under no. three. Um, try, you know, find an outlet for that. Get your focus off yourself and onto him and let him do the work in your heart that he wants to do through this particular process. That's good. Thank you very much. Um, now, as uh, Rachel and Stephen are growing up, uh, obviously a lot of unique things to deal with. Uh, one person's asking, how did, how did you all handle your daughter and son in the time when they were dating or courtship phases and helping them through that unique stage of life? Uh, so I believe that it's important. Uh, consistency is important. So we raised our children by the time when they were little, and we consistently, the rules were the same for both of them. The, uh, the parameters were the same. It wasn't we liked one over the other, although Twyla's favorite is Stephen. Uh, you're welcome, Rachel. Uh, and it's obvious the whole family knows uh, that. Even I know that. She knows Stephen's birthday. She's not sure about mine. And so, uh, but we, we did. We agreed. We were not spiritually uh, really solid. But as our kids started, as, as we started having children, we agreed before we even started really raising them when they were babies that we were going to raise them differently than we were raised and let me just tell you i was raised by a father who was in the ministry and and i was just basically allowed to do what i wanted to do so i could date whomever i desired unless she didn't go to the church now i'll I'll say there were those parameters but um there there the dating thing and i had come to an agreement that dating was dangerous. That's what I call it, the two Ds, dating dangerous. Why? Because you're not taking into account what could happen if you keep going dating without the intent to get married. And so I just, I, as a dad said, my daughter, when I had a daughter, I went like, you know, that guy's going to go through me. She's, if she kisses somebody, I'll rip his face off. Now I'm a little pipsqueak, so that's not going to happen. But uh, we agreed, and the, the first thing we agreed on was this. They will never, I will never say, if you say, if my daughter says, well, mom said, I'll say, then let's talk to your mom right here in front of you. Because typically, mom did not say that. Yeah, right. mm, yeah. And Twyla agreed, that's exactly what I'll do. So kids are manipulators. <clears throat> We never believed our children were good. I never trusted them over an adult until it was proven. That's a big mistake because in this day and age, kids are getting by with saying stuff, and it's mostly not true. You can be as mad about that as you want, but we're letting the children run the asylum. And we're the people in the asylum, unfortunately. And so 
uh, we just agreed. And then the second thing we agreed on was that we were never going to let the sun go down on our wrath. And you say, well, what does that have to do with raising kids? Well, kids can stir you up against each other. How dare that woman overstep her bounds. I'm going to come down hard. And just as soon as you listen to them and start fighting about something, you're going to find out that that's not what happened. Kids are master manipulators. Quit acting like they're angels. They are not. They never were. You were a sinner. They are sinners. You needed Jesus. They need Jesus. Right. So don't, don't act like your kids are up here. My kid would never do that. No, you, that sure. you are on some kind of intense high. You need to come off of that. It, it's crazy to think that your kids won't do something. That's true. We know that about our kids. And we agreed. And so we talked. They didn't get by. So basically what happened was Rachel said, I met this guy. Da, 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 da. We said, no, you're not going to do that. Some friends of ours were watching and she did it. She did exactly what I told her not to. Mm. They called me and they said, are you aware? I said, mm, <laughs> now I am. <laughs> and I'm going to tell Twyla. And so I told Twyla and she goes, what? <laughs> and she, uh, she called Rachel. Uh, they, she was in another state. And she said, if we have to come over there and get you, you are not going to be happy, young lady. You better stop this right now. And I'm standing there going, amen, honey, amen. amen. And then I got on the phone and said, Rachel, what are you thinking? you got to be a parent. You're not their friend. You set the parameters. They don't. And the, the society and culture do not set the parameters. Quit saying, well, she's got to have that dress because everyone's got one. Get a, get a brain. Right. Sir, if you let your daughter walk out dressed like a floozy, right. that's your bad deal. That's true. that's true. Don't blame her. She's simply doing what she wants to do, and you're letting her. Yeah. And don't sit here and go, well, he's never had a daughter. Have. Had a son. The same thing went with, went with him. You are not to touch a girl. You're going to go through her father. When you decide you're going to, you want to have any relationship with her, you're calling her father, buddy. And don't call me until you've called him because he's going to be in charge of a relationship. Well, they won't, he doesn't want her to get married. Then that's too bad. That's her dad. You have no right to say anything about it, bozo. And you go, well, brother Ron, you're pretty hard. Yep. That's exactly how it was. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. Exactly that. Also, I think, too, when they get to that age, we tend to, our, our, our culture, and even our Christian culture tends to think when they get to be 12, 13, 14, 15, that they're, they're not children anymore. And my big thing with, with especially Rachel, Stephen, the reason he's the golden child is because he thought it, but he didn't say it, but Rachel did. Well, <laughs> if I'm not a teenager, what am I? You are a child. You are my child, and I will tell you when you're an adult. And you, you will do what we say. You're taking our money. You're living in our house. You're eating our food. You're sleeping in our bed. You are a child. I, well, so-and-so does this. I don't care about so-and-so. I'm not her mother. Right, right. I am your mother. And, and the thing that solidifies that and gives you the boldness to do that, to say that to your child, is the Word of God. And if you talk to them biblically, Rachel's thinking, Mom, you've always got a Bible verse. Yeah? 
Well, and you're just mean. Well, I'm not as mean as I'm going to get, and I can guarantee it. <laughs> you know, I mean, boom, or however you do it. But I think that you've, you, if, you've got, if you've got young people living in your house, they are not young adults. They, are, they don't think like adults. They are children, and they are children until they become responsible adults. So when Rachel got married, she's coming down the hall before she's going on her honeymoon I'm, or after whatever. And I said, hey, Rachel, guess what? Now you're an adult. Take your hand out of the cookie jar. There aren't any more cookies in it for you. Okay, <laughs> go live your life. <laughs> I literally said to Ryan, this is your problem now. You got it now. They're children, they need guidance. They need biblical guidance. Be the parent, be the dad, be the mom. And be in agreement. Don't argue in front of them. Right. Be in agreement. And that's helpful. Um, let me, uh, there's other questions. I wish we'd keep going. I know we've got to be out by noon. So uh, let, me just, let me just do this. In fact, if, if we didn't get to one of your questions and you really want to talk about it, then Brother Ted's available um, after the <laughs> session. Day and, um, <laughs> No, seriously, we, I would be glad or we would be glad to, to follow up on some of these questions. But let me just give you opportunity if there's any other final word of advice or guidance here before we, we dismiss, what, what would that be? You all have been a real blessing to us. We're thankful for it. So, Mr. Well, thank you. <clears throat> um, I would just say um, love, love Jesus first. Yes. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love him. And love the Word of God. We're believers. I was just talking to uh, Vicki Jett a while ago. We're believers. Mm. We ought to act like we're believers. Amen. And the main place That's we need so to good. act like we're believers, and we believe in the, in the Word of God, and we leave, believe in our Savior, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, is in our home. Mm. Because back to the children, if they don't see it in your home... Mm. They're not going to get it out there. And they true. won't get it at Bible college either. Don't That's send them to true. Bible college and expect the Bible college to straighten no. them out. It, won't do it doesn't happen that way. Mm-mm. It doesn't. No. Can't. The only, God gave you your home. It is a gift from him. And, he, it, and since you're, if you profess to be saved, and you are, and he gives you children, he gives you a godly seed to raise up for him. Amen. Just do it. And the only way you're going to do that is through the Word of God, walking in it, learning it, loving it, and living it. Amen. That's it. Just uh, two things come to mind. First of all, if you're raising children, and I want to encourage you, some of you have younger children, so you're not at this stage, and I think some of you have older children, and maybe they've made decisions that you're going back to, and you're like, well, when did they think that was okay? Why, why are they doing that? And uh, that's not happened with my children, but I've been around younger people that I've tried to mentor and so it's a time of reflection and and you can either go back and say I wish I would have or I'm glad I did Mm. and we were very hard on our kids my mom said this to me uh, several years ago she said you know I used to think he's so hard on them but now that I look at them with their families I'm glad you did and I'm not I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. Yeah. We had to break fellowship with our daughter for a while because she had done wrong. Mm. And she 
loved the relationship so much that she sought a way to reconcile it. Mm. She did, because I knew I couldn't. Mm. She did it. That's what you're training to be. Adults that go, yeah, I made a mistake, but it's better to be right with God than to keep going in sin. Mm. That's true. The second thing uh, that is just thrilled my soul now on this side of it is remembering a conversation I had with Stephen when he was in ninth grade. And I said, Stephen, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, Dad, I want to do what you do. I just want to help a preacher. At that time, I was just on staff. He said, I want to do that. And now I see him. And that's exactly what he's doing. Amen. It's worth it. That's good. It's worth the pain, the battle, the tears. Mm. And if you have this relationship right Mm -hmm. and this relationship right, you'll raise your children right. Mm. And you'll look back when you've been married 40 years and you got grandchildren and say, yep, they said grandchildren are the greatest thing on earth. They're right. I'm glad we let our children live. Because the truth is, I don't have to raise those children, and I can laugh whenever my children have to deal with them, and I never have to punish them, but I'm glad that my children, and this is, we've talked about this a lot, are the way they are with their spouse, and the way they are with their kids, and I know it's not because of us, right. it's because the Bible says do this. And God always honors his word. There's never a time he doesn't. Never. He's always good. You'll never find that he'll go, I'm not going to bless them for doing that. You're going to look back and be able to say, hey, I'm just, I just, I'm just thankful that my children are faithful. My son-in-law is, does not work on staff. He's not. He went to Bible college, but he's a brilliant Amen. eye specialist. Brilliant. And you know what? He is a wonderful part of our church. And they're serving right alongside. You don't have to be in the ministry. That's right. You just have to be faithful to, to the right. Word of God. Amen. Amen. I believe they've been a great blessing to us. Let's show them that here today. <clears throat> Thank you all. Excellent. Appreciate it. Well, we're going to be dismissed. Um, I do want to take a moment to thank um, Brother Mark and Miss Christy Dick as well. They've done so much, and others obviously jumping in there to help. But it's a lot to organize, but we all benefit, right? We sure do appreciate them. And then also, uh, yeah, let's show our appreciation, Brother Mark and Miss Christy. You bet. And then, uh, you know, Brother Joe Miser, you've enjoyed the sound here this morning, and He's just jumped in. I really appreciate Brother Joe. He's done an excellent job, Brother Joe, all the way through, and uh, just making all this happen. It's a real blessing. You know, we had to change the date because of the availability here, and so, you know, Jude and Jonathan are doing another marriage retreat elsewhere, so Brother Joe really picked up a lot of responsibility. So let's show our appreciation, Brother Joe. Appreciate that very much, Brother Joe.